Hey, Tammy. What's up, Caitlin? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's been a minute. And uh, we're scheduled to come back next month. We are. But we're dropping in your feed a little bit early because we've got kind of a time-sensitive story that we wanted to bring to everybody's attention. Um, So you get a little bonus episode from us, which is pretty cool. Um, so this, today's episode was kind of brought to my attention. It showed up on my social media feed. I honestly don't know the first time I saw it or where it came from, but, um, it's about this girl, Kay Alana Turner, and she, um, is out of Beaumont. She's a musician and she's been missing since March 10th. So, um, Tammy and I had an opportunity to speak with her mom yesterday about Kay Alana and the circumstances around her disappearance, um, which get a little bit, um, twisty. So that's another reason we wanted to share it with you. And as of yesterday, they had her on the fugitive list instead of the missing persons list. So you're going to hear about that, um, which uh, luckily, and I, we we're happy to update this, since we recorded the podcast yesterday um, and interviewed her mom, Rosa, she has been added back to the missing persons list, which is awesome because it just means that she gets resources to mm-hmm. search for her. Um, and that they are not not pursuing her because being a fugitive and not being a missing person, they stop really pursuing you, which seems a little backwards to me. But um, we should pursue both. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's um it's a little bit of a twisted story, and you know we wanted to hear it straight from her mom. We're hoping that maybe somebody out there hears this and knows something about where she's at. We're all praying for her. Um. But, you know, we're just, we're, we're going to play the call the way that we had it with her. And um, hopefully you can hear both sides okay. And, uh, you know, if you know anything, you can reach out to Harris County, um, the Sheriff's Department in Texas. And um, Rosa, her mom, if you Google Kay Alana Turner or you're on Facebook, you can search for it and her number will pop up. I'm not comfortable blasting her, her uh, personal information out here on the podcast, but you can look it up if you need to, um, to find out if you have information on Kaylana. So you ready to get started? Yes, let's do it. All right. Okay, so we are here today with Rosa, Kaylana Turner's mom, um, and she is here to kind of talk to us a little bit about Kaylana and what's going on with her situation. So, Rosa, would you start off maybe by telling us a little bit about your daughter? Kaylana um, loves people. She has spent her life um, doing good. Trying to uh, help as many people as she could. Uh, we called her dad one day, super excited because uh, she was working at the uh, Henry's place that does showers for the homeless in our area. And they had a little corner in one of their rooms. And Kaylana asked them if she could set up a free library where people could come and, and just take books. And, of course, they told her yes, because everybody tells Kaylana yes when she decides she wants to do something. So she called her daddy, and she said, Dad, we I need you to build me some bookshelves for books for the, the homeless, for a free library. 
contacting our church and our our church family started bringing her books for her free library and in fact my van right now i have books that i was bringing to her um for, for the free library that's who Kay is mm. she she loves people she she's we've always said she's a she's hippie dippy oh. <laughs> since, since she was little we have always uh we've always shopped for vintage clothing and she loves antique stores she loves to go antiquing anything old she loves uh, we had uh she had run into a couple she was out antiquing and she'd run into a, a mother and daughter and she called me and she said mom they were just like us. They were just like us. They were in the antique store, and I told them that I had a line of vintage clothing, and I was getting ready to have a prom dress sale with all my prom dresses. And Carolina has been collecting vintage clothes since she was probably six years old. Oh, she, would buy, she would buy things that wouldn't fit her when she was six years old. But she said, one day they're going to fit. And they did. So she's always had the coolest style when it came to clothing. Her style was, nobody has her style. Someone had asked her one day at school, Kelana, where did you get that? And she said, oh, I got it at a vintage clothing store. And the people were like, you know, like in shock that mm-hmm. he was wearing something. And it was probably from the 1940s. Oh, wow. She loved, yeah, she loved clothes from the um, from the 60s. The, the 40s were one of her very favorite decades. So she was always on the hunt for fabulous vintage clothing. She, she called me one Saturday morning and she said, Mom, there's this estate sale. You have to come. You have to come to this estate sale because... They have so many vintage clothing items. So I get in the car and I get over there and she has got her arms loaded down <laughs> with vintage clothing. And she said, Mom, they're all 75% off and look how cool. And she's holding stuff up and showing me. And and I said, oh, yeah, this is great. Are you getting that? And she said, well, yesterday I spent $300 here, so I was wondering if you would buy these for me. <laughs> so now I'm an investor in your vintage clothing store. So she said, yes, you're an investor, Mom. You're an investor. So anytime she would play music, uh, we would, we would uh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm trying okay. to cry. Anytime she had a music gig, she would set up a little pop-up store, and I would be her roadie. No. While she would play it, and then she would come over, and she would say, did anybody get anything? And if somebody did, then she would go over, and she would talk to them about the piece that they had purchased, where she found it at, and what it meant to her. Oh. She, she loves that kind of thing. She loves to look for... For things that nobody else has. Yeah. She also, she has the most beautiful voice. She plays 
so many instruments. She just got a, I think it's a theremin. It's the one that makes the, the creepy noise. <laughs> she just got that, and she's been learning how to play that. There is, there's not an instrument that if she decided she wanted to play it, that she couldn't learn to play. She loves music. She, she has wrote some of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. We always take trips to uh, to Georgia, to Marietta, Georgia. We have family there, and we we have taken trips her whole life to Marietta, and she wrote a beautiful song called Marietta Moonlight. It is beautiful. It is so we we all her friends love her strangers that meet her love her and we are so horrified by the way that she has been treated yeah throughout this process because she loves people she loves people it sounds like it. So, Rosa, that might be a good segue for us to talk a little bit about what has happened. How did we get to where we were or where we are right now? So, Carolina had been in New York City uh, at the height of COVID. She, she worked at a hotel in downtown New York. In Pine, um, I'm sorry, in Times Square, that the Hampton Inn and Suites in Times Square. When COVID happened, she was the only non-management person that they kept on staff. Oh, wow. So she was riding, she lived in Brooklyn, she was riding the subway, and she sent us pictures of the subway completely empty. She's riding the subway two hours every day, every afternoon every night home and the subway is stopping at every stop the doors are opening she's on the subway by herself wow and she was she said i never knew if someone was going to step on the subway and hurt me Mm. and so i sent her a can of wasp spray and i told her spray it out and she said mom you do know it's illegal to spray somebody with wasp spray I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, she said, you do know it's illegal to spray somebody down with Waspray. And I said, baby, if someone is coming after you, mm-hmm. yeah. you spray them down with Waspray, and you swear to God that you were saving their lives because they were covered in wasp. <laughs> and she laughed at me, and she's like, Mom. But she told us when she got home that she carried that Waspray with her oh. every time she rode the subway. Good girl. So she came back she was rattled she was shaken everything would make her jump and so someone just suggested that maybe she needed to see a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. because she was so she came back she was frail she had lost weight she she was um just i've never seen anything like it she was frightened of every noise it was, it was terrifying to watch mm. her be like that because she had lived through such right. a horrible experience in New York City. So she ended up getting me, uh, I think it was in December that she started 
with this psychiatrist that he has covered himself in HIPAA. He's, he says that he doesn't have to tell us that she's his patient, and but we know that she is because right. we have medication with his name on it, the prescription medication. So he apparently was giving her two medications that should never be given together. Mm. And Kailana weighs probably as much as a, a 10 or 11 year old child. And she has a heart condition. Oh no. So she's, she's very, she's frail with her health. She has asthma also. Her inhaler was in her purse. So this doctor gave her this medication and then we found the, the original bottle, which was from January 17th, in her jacket pocket, the blue jacket pocket that was on the ring camera. And then we found her new prescription that was from the 20th of February. And everyone says that this medication takes two weeks to, to come to its full potential in your system. Mm-hmm. Well, based on that timeline, she had not slept. Brittany thought for two days, but then Kailana's boyfriend said it was at least four days that oh Kailana had not slept. She had not slept. And so she was on the ring camera at Brittany's house on Thursday at 12 o'clock, but they, they realized she had been outside their house for longer than that, that she had been outside doing yoga and stretching and stuff she she loves to to run and she loves to do stuff like that so um she had been outside their house but because she couldn't figure out how to get in and she actually had lived at that house she knew all the codes and she knew how to get in the house and she couldn't figure out how to get in a Mm. place that had actually been a home to her Mm. so she hadn't slept they asked her, did she want to take a nap? She said, no, she was going to go home and she left. And that was at 12 noon. So about six o'clock, Brittany got a text from Kailana that said, no help, no help. And Brittany started trying to call Kailana and she couldn't get her. And she called for hours. And finally, I don't know if Kailana had called Brittany back or Brittany is paying assignment into the phone, but she told Brittany that I'm okay. I'm just driving around. And Brittany tried to give her her phone number and then the phone went dead. So Brittany called Kailana's boyfriend, James, and said, something is terribly wrong with Kailana. Can you please go look for her? So James got in his car, and at this time it was like 10.30 at night maybe, and started driving around Beaumont, because we're from Beaumont. She lived in Beaumont. We were actually from Lumberton. So So James was driving around. He was going to all the places that she played music, all the places she had worked, everywhere that they would go and hang out, he went to and couldn't find her. So 
uh, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. He knew he had to be at work the next morning. He assumed that maybe Kay had just gone to spend the night with another friend, and he couldn't find her. <clears throat> so the next morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings, and it is Brittany, and she is frantic. She is frantic. She said something terrible is wrong with Kaylana. I can't get a hold of her. Her locator is turned off on her phone. I cannot find her. And she tells me that Jane says, look, so I I called the people that I do that I babysit for and they came and got the babies and I called my husband and let him know that Kay was missing and that I was going to look for her. And my husband said, Hey, maybe her friend in Austin, maybe she decided to go to her friend in Austin. She went to South by Southwest last year and had a great time. So he said, call and see. Well, I didn't have that friend's number, but I called Brittany and I said, hey, can you call and see if maybe that's what happened? And so Brittany called and he said that Kate had called him and told him she was in Hockley, Texas, that her phone was only at 40% and that she hadn't got there yet. He hadn't heard from her. So by this time, I'm already in Beaumont. I go to my husband's work and let him know what's going on. So he takes off work. We start heading towards Hockley, Texas. I've never heard of Hockley, Texas. I have no clue what Hockley, Texas is. So we get in the car and start heading to Hockley, Texas. Brittany is in Harding County filing a missing person report. I get on the phone with the Austin Police Department and they were wonderful. I get on the phone with the Austin Police Department letting them know that we need a well check to her friend's house because we're thinking maybe she's falling asleep in the parking lot and she wasn't sure which apartment. So maybe she's falling asleep in the parking lot and she's there and he just doesn't know it. So um, we're driving. Meantime, her friend tells us that he talked to Harris County and they were looking for her. None of that made sense to us. Kaywana is, she's a straight arrow. She doesn't, she doesn't break the law. She wouldn't, she didn't want to spray somebody with water if they were attacking her. Right. So none of that made sense to us. So we still had the police officer headed to, to her friend's house. We had Brittany filling out a missing persons report. And we're headed down the road. We had just got to Hockley, Texas, when the police officer from um, Austin called us and said he was right. They, Harris County is looking for her. She ran from the police. They had helicopters and a dog chasing her and did not catch her. And we were, oh, it was one helicopter. They had one helicopter and one dog. Uh, come in to search for her. So we are, we're horrified. We don't know what's going on. We just know that she's had some kind of mental breakdown, that she has committed, you know, she has run from the police, which didn't make any sense to us at all. So we hang up with Austin and we call Harris County Sheriff's Department and they tell us that she assaulted a police officer she attempted to murder him with her car and 
that when they catch her, she is going to jail for a long time. And we are stunned. We are, we don't know what to think. None of this makes sense to us. So the police officer gives us the direction, gives us the address where it had happened at, and we go. And we meet the people at the house where it happened. The man takes Robbie and they walk down to Tawana's car because her car died in the woods. I'm speaking with the woman. The woman is telling me that the police told her that Kaywana was a drug addict, was homeless, and had warrants on her. Gosh. And I am trying to tell this lady that there is no way that that is untrue. And she is vehemently telling me that I am wrong, that I don't know my daughter, and that she she knows more about my daughter than I do. Jeez. So I I'm I'm stunned. But apparently there was an Airbnb in the neighborhood. And the first place that Kaywana had pulled up to sleep in that neighborhood was that Airbnb's gate. Well, the people in the neighborhood were thinking these people were selling drugs, but come to find out they were only here because they had a family member that had had a heart attack and they were at the hospital late with the family member. So when they got back to the Airbnb, Kailana was parked in that driveway. So they tapped on the window. Kailana just backed out of that driveway and moved into the next driveway, which is the driveway where everything started with the pool. So on March 10th at about 5.25 in the morning, the lady noticed Carolina's car in her driveway. She went outside to try to see what was going on. She could not wake Carolina up. Carolina at this point hasn't slept in four days and she's so tired, we're sure. Yeah. So she calls the police department because she literally thinks that Kay is dead, you know. So she calls the police department. The police department come and wake her up. So from what we understand, when they woke her up, we think she must have thought, oh, somebody wants me to move my car. So she pulled forward and uh, up to Lake's car, and the lady said, I thought she was going to take my car, but she carefully backed up. Then she started to go towards their their pump, their well pump, their water pump, their well. And they were scared she was looking to run over that. And she she backed up and did not run over that. Then she went around something and went across their yard and went back down to the road. She was just trying to move. You know, she went down to the road and then um, one of the area homeowners had had his car, she was in a cul-de-sac and his car was blocking the road so she couldn't go around it. So then she turned around in his car and he snapped a picture of her and the picture is terrifying. You can just tell that she is, she is not there and that she is terrified. Yeah. So she pulls her car back to these people's house and she's in their driveway and she's pulled up to a fence from what we can understand. Well, at that point, 
the police are trying to get into her car. And the only reason I know this is because this was in the police report. She locked her car door. She locked her car door. If somebody's trying to get in your car and you are terrified, you're going to lock your car door, right? That's going to be job one. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the same thing when I when I was reading about the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. At some point during this, the police officer picks up a two-by-four and busts her window open. We knew that her window had been open, busted open. We had no idea he had done it with a two-by-four until we read the police report. Don't they have tools? They have batons, I thought, right? Yeah. Uh, Apparently, Harris County Sheriff's Department has issued two-by-fours to break people's windows open. Oh, my God. That is what they use to break her window open. I'd have been terrified, too. At that point, she went through a picket fence. She went through a picket fence down a little narrow alleyway. It's It's all rural, but they had, like, a little alleyway. She went down the alleyway into the next door neighbor's yard around and that neighbor said he's like i don't know how she missed how she missed our my stuff but she went around his little outbuilding and then out through his fence across a cow pasture from what we understand she was never going more than more than three to four miles an hour is what we understand were they were they in pursuit at this time like, were they trying to catch up with her still? I, we, uh, we we don't know. We don't know okay. what was going on. We have no idea. So she's going across the, the pasture, and she apparently goes to another barbar fence, and then she cuts through gates and keeps going into the woods. There's actually one of the men in the neighborhood actually followed her tracks followed her path she took and he actually mapped it out for us so we could see what was going on and it was obvious that there was something seriously seriously wrong yeah she was she was in fear for her life and so she got down into the woods and bogged her car down and when I say she bogged her car down she bogged her car down I mean it was all the way up to the wheel bogged down so she got out of her car and her shoes were full of glass because they busted her window open mm-hmm. and she kicked off her shoes we don't even know if she really you know we just think she realized her feet her feet were hurting her and she had to get those shoes off mm-hmm. she over a berm when she crossed that berm she was at spring creek and she went across the log and my husband found her footprints her bare footprints on the other side of the log because he had walked down there with the homeowner to see her car and went through the woods. We don't know. So the police at that point, they're like just casually, oh, my husband has my, oh, it, it was a half mile into the woods. She was a half mile into the woods. Okay. Including the pasture. So she like drove a half mile to get away from these people and got out of her car and was running for her life at this point because first of all someone has attacked her right and she is scared out of her mind at this point i'm sure so at this point the police are moseying their way on down to the car and um we have a picture 
one of the men in the neighborhood has a picture of the police and has a video of the police standing at her car with a taser pointed at it and they're like is she in it no there was no urgency in them they knew that she had crossed into montgomery county they didn't even bother to call the montgomery county police department or or sheriff's department until three hours after this had started oh my goodness three hours so it started at 525 they didn't they didn't call the police in montgomery county until nine o'clock or eight thirty, nine o'clock. And this is like in the that. morning or in the evening? In the morning. In okay. the morning. This is all taking place in the morning. Oh, she right, because she was sleeping. Right. Okay. She was sleeping in someone's driveway. Right. She was sleep. She fell asleep in somebody's driveway. She got lost in the neighborhood. We've been lost in neighborhoods mm-hmm. out here multiple times since we have been here while we searched for her. We had to Google our way out of neighborhoods. Yeah. She didn't have a phone. She had no way of getting back on the road. So she stopped and she went to sleep so she could gather herself. Well, yeah. She was attacked by the police. And now she has been missing for 14 days. Oh, man. Rosa, that's a story. Goodness. Yeah. No one has seen her in the 14 days. But while we've been doing this, while we've been searching for her... We have, uh, we, we went, we were able to get in touch with Mark Edwards. Our pastor used to pastor a, a church over here and he put us in contact with one of his former members at the church and, and he is a member of Texas Equisearch. And so Mark Edwards called my husband and he said, y'all need to follow a missing persons report and so we called the Harris County Sheriff's and they told us that we needed to go back to the house where Kailana first went into the woods. So we go back to that house and we're standing there and we're waiting for the Sheriff's Department to show up to take a missing persons report. When that happens, of course, all the people in the neighborhood are coming out to talk to us and right. everything. And one of the men comes up to us and um, I introduced myself. I said, hi, I'm Rosa Calhoun, and um, Kailana is my daughter. And he said, I Googled your, I Googled your lovely daughter, and I think there's been a horrible mistake. Oh. I, Googled, I Googled your lovely daughter, and I think there's been a horrible mistake. This is not even, this is not even 10 hours after everything started, he has already, they already know who she is. He Googled my lovely daughter and he knows who she is. Mm-hmm. These people in this neighborhood have become our family. They have walked that path. Steve Yawn has been in those woods probably 40 times since she went missing. Miss Margaret Ferguson has stood in her backyard yelling Kailana's name, asking her to please come to her. They have they have not slept with fear and worry for her. The, the neighborhood has offered us shelter. Oh. They have offered us food. They have picked up a collection for us. That's amazing. This neighborhood where she did the most damage, where they told them that she was a drugless homeless, a drug addict 
homeless person has done nothing but cover us with love. We have been out in town and we have run into them and they have just hugged us and loved us and treated us like we were part of their family, like like we belong to them. When I tell you that the people of Tomball, Texas are some of the greatest people in the world, I mean it with all my heart. This community has done flyers. They have talked about her. They are keeping her in the news because no news stations will touch her with a 10-foot pole because they tell us that she is not, when we tell them that our daughter is missing, they tell us that she is not missing. She is a fugitive. Yeah, you said yesterday that they they removed her from the missing persons list, right? And now it's because they're considering her a fugitive instead. They cannot look for her as a missing person because he has a warrant out on her. And they have now upgraded her warrant to that assault of a police officer. I'm not sure. I don't don't know all the wording. You will have to go and Google to find it. But he claims she ran over his foot. He busted her window out with a two-by-four. Yeah. I mean, I'd react that same way. You know, she's a 100-pound girl that a doctor has over-medicated that has never had any anything against her. She worked with the first responders. She was in a, in a hotel with the first responders when COVID happened. She came home broken. Yeah. She was trying to get help. She had a doctor that over-medicated her. I don't even think he put her on a scale to say, oh, this might be too much. This might be too much medication to give to to one person. And the pharmacy, too, should probably catch something like that. Well, because I think because it was two different medications, they had sent it to two different pharmacies. Uh, Because both the... the medications were filled on the same day, but they did come from two different pharmacies. So huh. I think he intentionally did that. He intentionally did that because maybe a pharmacy would have caught that. Yeah, that's really but fishy. When, <clears throat> when I contacted him, I told he wouldn't tell us anything. And I told him, I said, well, police department are going to be getting in touch with you. And he said, oh, when this happens, they never do. <sighs> and at that moment, I knew. I said... So what you're telling me is that you have over-medicated another patient to the point that the police were involved and you don't have to answer for it. He said that with his own mouth. Yeah. They never, they ne- when this happens, they never contact me. This man is a criminal wow. to do something like that. That is, that is negligence to the highest. What do you know? What the do you know? What the name of the medications are that she's on, um, or that she was prescribed? Um, they had given her. He had given her what the equivalent. She had the generic, so Ritalin and Zoloft. But she also had a urinary tract infection because we found the Azo standard in her her purse, and she had her asthma medication. You know, so yeah. she has all this medication in her system, and she hasn't slept in four days. Okay, so we are outside these people. We're outside waiting to fill the missing persons report. Mm-hmm. 
the police officer who comes to fill the missing persons report, he, after we're done, he wants to walk down and see Kaylana's car because her car was still out in the woods. Well, um, when my husband had walked down there with the homeowner, Kaylana's purse and her little um, overnight bag and, of course, all her vintage clothing that she had taken to the laundromat to wash um, and the car was loaded with laundry detergent and and stuff. So uh, she, the police officer said, "How did they not? How did they not catch her? How did? She, how was she able to get away? Right. Based on what he was looking at, how in the world was she able to get away? I'm going to tell you, she trips walking across the kitchen <laughs> floor, and there's nothing in the way. She's she's really clumsy. Oh. So, um, you know, we walk back up and he tells us everything he said. Uh, the warrants haven't, she's going to be in big trouble. The warrants haven't hit yet. And so, uh, you're going to have a small window to have her as a missing person. So my husband called Mark Edwards and let him know this. And Mark said, okay, I'll meet you. At the site where they think that she came out on Decker Prairie Rose Hill Road in the morning, and so we we go we him at seven in the morning. He kind of starts mapping out where everything took place. Then he his search team got there probably about nine o'clock. They spent six hours in the woods where she. They, they believe that she went the way she went, and they did what they call mowing the lawn, which means they go strip by strip, not missing anything. Uh-huh. They had a dog, and they had ATVs, and they had nine, eight or nine people out there searching for her in this dense wooded area and did not find her. But they believe that the dog had followed her track out to Decker Prairie Rose Hill Road. So they believed that maybe someone picked her up on that road. So we have, uh, we have spent the last 14 days trying to get the warrant removed. Yeah. So, uh, once, once that warrant kicked in, then Texas Equisearch was out. They could no longer help us. They had been, their hands were tied. They are a volunteer organization and they have to be, it has to be signed off by the police for them to search for her. So that had been taken away from us day one. Day one into looking for her. So then we're out canvassing the neighborhood, looking for anything, me and my husband have walked the streets of Tomball multiple times for friends. We have walked the woods. We walked the woods that on that Friday. We went into the woods, the lady where they think that she came out. We went into all her outbuildings. We did everything to, to find her had she been in that location. Right. So there has not been one sighting of her since. But there is, because of our pleas, people had 
began to check their ring videos and we have ring videos of Kawana acting so erratic and acting so unbelievable that we just can't believe this is our child. She's like um, rattling somebody's doorknob and she's singing at the top of her lungs. And we actually had dinner with that family last night. They oh. they met us, had dinner with us, and they brought us a prayer a prayer blanket from their church. These are the people that she hurt that are bringing us and loving on us. These are the, those people. That's God right there. Um, so... Also, there was a, a ring video that somebody sent that Kelana had followed someone into their driveway asking, he was, he was a teenage boy, she asked, could I please sleep in your driveway? And he said, I have to ask my, my dad. So he went in to ask, and when they came out, Kelana was pulling out of the driveway. You know, had she maybe just stayed there. Right. They would have said, yeah sleep here you're okay but they you know that didn't happen and then she went to the house where they have her own ring video where she's singing at the top of her lungs and she's acting so erratic and she's telling them that she loves them you know I love you let me in you know I mean just so erratic and so yeah. Unbelievably hurt. Now it wouldn't be strange for her to tell a stranger that she loves them. She yeah. loves everybody. But the way she was acting was yeah. we could tell that there was something horribly wrong. Mm. So now we search every day. Yeah. We search high and we search low. We call everybody we can. Several news stations have called us and they're like, We want to do a story and then they call back and they say, Oh no. We're not going to do it. Or they don't call us at all. They don't return the call at all to tell us that they're not coming. And I've talked to government officials. I've talked to people over and over again. And every time I hear this is a legal issue, we can't help you with it. And I, in my brain, am screaming, no help. Right. No help. We can get no help for Kawana. Her last text said no help. There's no help. Wow. And we are feeling that. We're feeling that. We're feeling no help. Well, that's, I'm so sorry that that, that is the experience that you're having because it's, I mean, mind my French, but it's bullshit. Honestly, it's really just awful that that is how you're being treated and that you're not able to get the help that you need from law enforcement who at this point, they know that there's something going on with her. It's not like she was just doing this intentionally, um, you know, and I, I saw on some posts that um, maybe they were looking to contact Greg, uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Um, there is um, the little ladies in our church and the little ladies from Tomball, Texas, they have <laughs> nothing better to do than oh. to call. Good. To call people. And um, my husband actually talked with the... Um, the sergeant, I think he's the sergeant that was in charge of Kelana's missing person report for Harris County before the uh, the warrant came into place. And he said, they are killing us. They are killing us, people calling. He said, they oh. are killing us. And, Good. Um, keep calling. Keep calling. They, it may not sway their, it may not sway their, 
their minds. It may not, you know, they may not be able to change their mind, but it lets them know that people care. Right. It lets them know that people care what happened to her. Right. So yeah, call, call Harris County, call the people. They're going to tell you no, and you're going to scream in your mind, no help. Yeah. Yeah. But God, God is our help in this situation. We are trusting God. We are believing God. Every day, God is showing who he is. Uh, we have met so many people. Kailana's first grade teacher came to help search for her. Oh, wow. Her full English teacher is working diligently to find her. Kailana made a, made a hundred on her English tax test. Her teacher said she never had a student make a hundred. Wow. On the tax test. She, uh, she's, she's so smart. She plays so many instruments. She's just, she would, the, the Beaumont Enterprise wrote, wrote an article and they were supposed to send it to us to be proofed and it wasn't. And of course now that terrible article that is wrong, it is riddled with, um, Wrong, wrong time. Everything is wrong in it. And um, Kailana would would have a bill day checking that for errors. Oh. <laughs> there are so many. She she is an amazing editor. Yeah. She, there are people that actually pay her to edit their papers. She is that good at the English language. Oh wow! So. Um... I, I will post some pictures of Kaylana on our social media pages, but just for somebody who's maybe just listening in the car or something, would you give us a brief description of Kaylana, like age, height, um, physical description, just so that people know what they're looking for? Yes. So Kaylana Turner is five foot four. She weighs between 100 and 115 pounds. The posters say 127 because that is what her driver's says but she weighs between 100 and 115 pounds she has brown hair it it goes more towards the darker brown than the lighter brown she has blue eyes we've always said she has the bluest eyes in texas eyes are so so blue when she looks at you with her eyes you know that you have been looked at by someone who loves you her eyes are so loving um, she, her hair is longer, can, right? Yeah. Her hair is below her shoulder blades. Okay. It's, it's probably about halfway down her back. She and it's straight. Yeah. It's straight. No bangs, right? No bangs. Okay. It's all straight. Yeah. It's all one length. She, come on, missus. She's 27. Okay. Her birthday is coming up on April 22nd. So she, She's, she loves, she loves her birthday. She loves to have a party. So she doesn't drink. You'll always catch her with a can of like some kind of sparkling soda in her hand. I think they're disgusting, but she loves them. (laughs) Um, I've seen people offer her alcohol and she's like, no, thanks. I'm sober. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So she doesn't drink. She doesn't do drugs. Okay. Uh, so she, I'm sorry. She may have. She may be totally out of her mind. Mm-hmm. She may not even know her name. We're asking people if you think you see her, 
to discreetly snap a picture and send it to us so that we can rule it out. At the beginning of this, we were just chasing down every lead and it was so hard. But now with realizing that we can ask people to snap a picture, we can know instantly right. if, if it's her or not. And that saves us a lot of run, running. Yeah. I do want to share with you that we have had so many people that have sent us ransom. Oh my gosh. Ransom uh, text. <sighs> last night, last night we just laid down when we got a call from a man with a sinister voice asking us, you know, asking if I was her mother and told us that if we didn't do what they said, that she would die. Oh my gosh. We had a girl call from a Tennessee number that was just saying, hi, hi. And like, I wouldn't know my own kid's voice. Right. Like, I wouldn't know my own kid's voice. What the heck? So, Carolina does not have her phone. She does not have a purse. The last time she was seen, she was wearing a hot pink. I don't know how they couldn't find her in the woods. Right. A hot, a hot pink vintage 70s, uh, one of those fancy dressing robes. But for people that don't know, a maxi dress. Okay. But it's one of the fancy... Uh, rose from the 1970s. It was kind of baggy, right? A little loose? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, it's very, because it's a, it's a robe. Right. And he had styled it as a dress. Okay. And it is hot pink. It goes to the floor. Okay. And she is barefoot. Okay. So from here, um, contacting the governor, contacting Harris County, um, what else can we do? I, I'm assuming that there are, um, people who are checking, like, the hospitals and even, like, homeless shelters, maybe? Um, my, my niece and nephew have been all over checking homeless areas. I spent Sunday with another nephew driving through downtown Houston looking for homeless, just any anywhere to maybe catch a glimpse of her, uh-huh. to, to see her. The problem with hospitals and medical facilities that we have run into, because we're taking flyers and we're talking to them, mm-hmm. is that they say that even if they have her right behind the curtain and we're on one side and they're on the other and she's on the other, that they cannot tell us because of HIPAA, they cannot tell us that they have her. And until she is able to tell them her name or give them any information and ask them to call her mama, they will not contact us. But surely wow. they'll have to contact law enforcement at this point, right? No, they don't. They have a they have forty eight hours before they have to contact. Good lord. 40, 48 hours. Eventually, they would con- contact. But if they don't know her name, if she is just there and she's out of her mind and she doesn't know her name, right? And that who she is, they have no hope. You know, we have no hope of finding out. Man, that is really frustrating. Now, I know the last thing that we want is for her to go back into custody like they're trying to do with her, but is that something where if she was in the hospital, they would they would at least be able to tell law enforcement? Yeah. We have actually been talking. We're not having a lot of luck with Harris County. Yeah. But we are blessed that we're talkers. We're going to go talk to people. So we talked to Montgomery County, which is the county that they think that she right. got into. Uh, we have talked to Montgomery County. We've talked to their mental health 
officers, and so they are telling us that they will put it on her uh, her thing that she is fragile and what is going on, that they will make it known to all their officers. They took flyers. Thank God. So they are going to have that available to them because they, they're going to be gentle with her. Yesterday, we talked to the Harris County Constable, which is different than the Sheriff's Department. We were able to talk to an officer with that, and they were able to, he took down all our information, and he was also able to assure us that they would work to make sure that she is handled handled gently. But who knows? He says, you know, it depends on how she reacts. If she's scared, she may react differently. But I tell you what, had they called had they called Montgomery County and she was running and there was somebody on the other side, she would have run to those police and said, somebody is trying to hurt me. Right, yeah. I believe she would have run to those police because she would have, she, it's fight or flight. Right. And she chose flight because she was too little to fight. Yeah. And we are continuing to work to try to, try to get help for her. So I know you said that she, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and that she may have some friends up in this direction, right? She does have friends. She has friends there. She has, she does not have her phone. Uh, young people do not remember phone numbers. Her, she right. worked in the Michigan Renaissance Festival and her boyfriend had come up to visit her. When he did, somehow or another, he ended up taking her phone home with him. And she did not know his phone number to be able to call him. Oh, no. So she had called from her boss's phone, had called me because my phone number used to be her number. We switched phones. Okay. So she she called me and she said, Mom, I think James took my phone home with him. Can you call him? So I called him and I said, hey, Kaylana thinks you have her phone. And he said, oh, I don't think I do, but let me pull over and I'll open up my trunk and um, you can call Kay's phone and we'll see. So I give him a few minutes. I called the phone and I hear, yep, I got it. Oh. <laughs> he had her phone. He had to turn around and take it back to her. So oh she, uh, she, the only number that she may possibly know is my phone number. Her and James have been dating over a year. And she doesn't know his phone number. My husband, I don't think he memorized mine until we were married for like three years. And I was like, it's time. Well, I don't know <laughs> so, my kids' phone numbers. I just have them plugged in the phone. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. It's right. crazy. It's, cautionary tale. Learn those phone numbers. Right. Teach children phone numbers. Yeah. The older generation, we have a wealth of phone numbers. We have our childhood phone numbers yeah. in our kids. Yeah. Yeah. So we are... We we are we have all these numbers in our head. Kids don't kids nope. don't even think about it because they hand their phone to whoever's phone number they want. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because, puts their name and number in, and they never see the number. Yeah. So Ilana does not know any phone numbers other than possibly mine. Which is good. At least she's got that. You know, if she needs to call someone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if she can't remember it, we don't know where she is mentally. We don't know. Right. But our biggest problem is that there are people that are not on social media. We keep having people tell us, oh, we've seen this. We've heard about this. There are people that are not Mm -hmm. on social media. My husband, one of the men that took him around 
searching an area. He hadn't heard about it. He owns a big restaurant here, but he wasn't on social media. He has people that handle social media. He drove my husband all over his 300-acre ranch looking for Kaolana, and he said, I don't I don't have, I, if I don't see it on the news, I don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. And there, there are a whole lot of people that if they don't see it on the news, they don't know about it. Right. They yeah. don't look at a flyer. They don't, they're not talking to people. So we need that out there. We need to get those people. We yeah. can't get people as long as the TV stations and the newspapers won't get involved. And our concern right now is the, the horrible story that the Beaumont Enterprise has put out that is riddled with inaccuracies that the Houston Chronicle picked up. Yeah. You know, we actually worked with a lady, uh, Crystal Frost from California, that wrote a beautiful story that went step by step down the timeline of what happened and has all the information that, that is needed in it. And that story doesn't get picked up. Mm. But the story that the man didn't even bother to, to send it to us to let us look at it and make sure it was correct before he pushed the button is the story that people are going to read. It's, the timeline is off. Everything is off. That so is we so frustrating. Kaylana's English teacher is actually working to try to fix that. Good. So hopefully, but my husband said, does it have her picture on it? And I said, yes. And he said, well, at least they got her picture right. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. So, um, what, if anybody's listening in state, out of state, in the area, out of the area, whatever, what kind of things can we be helping with? Um, are there people that, you know, would you like volunteers to help to call places around, um, you know, in just in Texas in general, um, whatever, what do you think would help the most at this point for you guys? We need... We need people telling Kaolana's story. Yeah. We need people telling Kaolana's story to whoever will listen to Kaolana's story. If that is local officials, is if that is the police department, if they have to hear Kaolana's story a million times, then they have to hear Kaolana's story a million times because they're not helping us at all. If she is this terrible fugitive, they should have Dog the Bounty Hunter down here. No they joke. should have everybody, every bounty hunter from across the state of Texas should be down here in Harris County because this girl is dangerous and she assaulted a police officer. But none of that is true. So they are not looking for her. They said, if we see her, we'll pick her up. Jeez. Literally, if we see her, we'll pick her up. That is literally the extent of what they are doing for our daughter. Ugh. That's so just been missing for 14 days. Yeah, that's awful. Okay, so we will help, obviously, spread the word. We're going to post this, um, you know, to all of the podcast sites that we are hosting on, and we'll share it on social media as well. Um, a lot of the news anchors will have social media pages. It might be worth reaching out to the anchors in your area as well, just or in the Tomball area. Um with the story and see if any of them could at least just post it to their social media because that would be a much bigger reach. We we are still they have to get they have to get permission from Harris County. Okay. Oh jeez, right. and we're telling them we're telling them call the police department, call call the sheriff's department and get 
that report. We are not hiding the fact. I right. tell people, we have no shame. We have no pride. Our mission, our goal is to find Kaiwana. And I don't care if I have to cry. I don't care if I have to beg. I don't care what I have to do. My mission is to find Kaiwana. And everybody's mission should be to find Kaiwana. Yeah. Because she is sweet. Yeah. She's had a mental breakdown. Nobody should be be charged with this heinous crime that she has been charged with that is clearly having a mental breakdown. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, we are asking, please share our story. My husband's Facebook page, and we're making everything public. My husband's Facebook page is Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, Calhoun. C-A-L-H-O-U-N. That is his name on Facebook. We are sharing every single day about the things that we're doing, the people that are helping us, and we're asking people to share that. We're asking all of her friends. We didn't do this before, but her friends started sharing stories about her kindness and the way she loves them. And now we're asking people to please share the stories of Kailana's kindness of the way that Kailana showed them love throughout their whole life. We're asking them to share those stories so that the people that think that she is a drug addict yeah. and a homeless person will see that she is a loving friend, daughter, aunt, right. sister. Her sister is desperately, desperately searching for her. Oh, and sure. she has she has a, a small little four-month-old baby and a two-year-old so she can't be here to help us and she is doing everything she can on the home front and if you're a little lady at the house and, and you don't drive get on the phone start calling people share share her story call your friends make sure that everybody is hearing about Kaywana. Okay. please 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 Okay, well, we'll, we will share here, and we'll just keep sharing personally as well and see what we can do to get the word out for you, Rosa. I'm, you know, again, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Um, And uh, if you're comfortable with it, would you mind if we prayed with you before? We are very comfortable with prayer. That has been one of the biggest blessings of this. We have had so many people hug us and pray for us, and it has always been in God's time. Yes, yeah. In the moment where we are at a break, at a breaking point, and they send someone to pray for us. Okay. Well, wait. Um, if that's okay, if we close with a prayer, is that all right then? Yeah. I'm okay. gonna um, I'm gonna put the phone down. My husband Robbie sure. is here with me. We are gonna be in a group for your prayer. Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for all of the protection that you've given to Rosa and Robbie um, during this time where they're searching for Kailana. And Lord, that we we thank you for going ahead and protecting Kailana during this process as well, that we know and we are just so grateful that you're there with her wherever she is, Father. Um, you know, we ask that whatever she's going through, Lord, that you can heal her with your supernatural um a divine intervention here just you know we just ask that you are covering her with love and protection and healing and lord that we can find her and soon lord that she and and healthy father that we can wherever she is that it is brought to our attention quickly and soon and thank you lord for the community that you have given to this family during this time um, it's difficult, Lord, to go through this, and we know that that's why you give us spiritual family, even sometimes in the most unexpected ways. And Lord, 
we just we pray that that we start to see a turn in this situation and that Harris County is softened in realizing that this is just a really really huge misunderstanding and that they go easier um, and let up so that they can begin to use their resources. Um, Lord, we thank you for the people who have been kind in this process and the people that you continue to put in their path. And Father, we just pray that this podcast and this episode reaches anybody and anyone who is able to share this story and ultimately help us find Kailana. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Just ask people to please, please, please keep sharing. Yes. Please keep, sharing. Please keep telling Kayla story. Absolutely. We sure will. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rosa. Take care. All right. Thank y'all for telling Kay's story. Of course. Absolutely. Okay. So that was a lot. Mm-hmm. What are your first thoughts after speaking with Rosa? Um, my initial thoughts when the conversation started was there, the dots were not connecting. Mm -hmm. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at first. Um, I do think Kaylana is out there. Yeah. I think that she's confused and she may not know. Um, and I think someone knows where, where she is, whether they know who she is. Mm -hmm. I think she's out there. We need the community's help. Whether she knows who she is. Right. So, um, I mean, she, the last time they saw her was she got back up onto a road and then they lost her scent. Sounds like the dogs from, um, EquiSearch. So, I mean, she could have potentially been hitchhiked, right? Right. So somebody could have picked her up there. Um, you know, it's, it's just unfortunate because it seems like they got, have had such a struggle getting any attention from media. Mm-hmm. And um, from law enforcement, mm-hmm. um, even between the two counties, so it sounds like she was between two county lines. Um, I'm not sure why Montgomery County wasn't involved in it, since it was like she kind of went missing on their county line. It sounds like, but either way, it's in the hands of the Harris County Sheriff's Department. Um, and I, I just wish that there was a little bit more help for her. So. Hopefully, since we've done the podcast and she's now back on the missing persons list, EquiSearch can get back involved right. in the police department. But at this point, they've lost 14 days. Oh, I mean, for sure. 14 days that they could have been searching for, for sure. her. And you know those first 48 hours are so crucial yeah. when it comes to this stuff. So, ugh. I think that her no longer being on the fugitive list, what I'm hoping for, I don't know, I'm just assuming... When you, when they did that, maybe you know it, it would trigger fear for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, why? Even if I'm even if I know who I am, I don't want to come forward because now I'm going to be in a buttload of trouble. Yeah. And but yeah, to, I mean, this family is basically searching themselves with the help of volunteers and media and law enforcement. It's like Caitlin and I said yesterday, we're very pro law enforcement, but. We feel like they have, law enforcement has failed them yeah. in this in this particular instance. Yeah, this I mean nobody's perfect. So, no, you know even if we're pro law enforcement, they can still make mistakes. And this right. one, right? I think they kind of kind of did that yeah. in this situation, which sucks. Um, the other thing I I wanted to circle back to was how she mentioned the ransom calls that she's been getting. Have I, you ever heard of this? Well, no. You educated me on it yesterday. Yeah, but it. I mean. That it didn't surprise me that people would be calling her like this. People, dude, sometimes we just suck. 
Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, you were telling me about that yesterday. Yeah, it's so wild, but it's a very common thing that people will exploit other people who are going through situations like this. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, that people will call and offer fake ransoms. And then what do you, I mean, as, exactly. as the loved one, what do you do? I mean, if it were my child, I you can't don't imagine what position. Or, yeah, yeah, totally. So what do you do? I'll meet you and I'll beat you. Yeah, right. That's what I'll do. I mean, it's just, it's unnecessary. It adds more to what they're already dealing with. Yeah. Um, But I had no idea that that sort of thing goes on behind the scenes. It's it's, it's bad enough that the families have to deal with that. And then I they know. have And then they have people just... And you try to decipher bags. who's real and who's not. Exactly. And, what, and you just, you get yourself distracted with these leads that are not leads yeah when you could be looking somewhere else yeah just Mm -hmm. people stop sucking be better be better humans i don't understand i don't understand people like that Mm -mm. Mm -mm. but um you know like we said if you have any information about kaylana where she could be um you know take a look and uh, at her social media, it's Kaylana Turner. She's she's on Instagram. In fact, we're going to end our episode with a song from her off of her Instagram. Um, but you can take a look. There's some pictures, like more recent pictures, so you can see what she looks like. Um, her missing posters, actually her missing, um, like official missing report, has a picture of what she was wearing that same day that she went missing. So it's uh, kind of a long, hot pink um, kind of silky robe almost from the forties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you have any information about where she's at, either, you know, encourage her to reach out to her mom. She should have her mom's phone number memorized, assuming that she's in the right state of mind. Um, or, you know, I think her mom said, don't really approach her. We don't want to spook her if she is in a, in snap a state a of picture. Yeah. And invert, you know, discreetly right. snap a picture. Um, and share, 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 share. Even if you're Huge. sharing something on Facebook or whatever, it takes yeah. us two seconds just to, just to share something yep. since the media is not putting this out there for them. Yeah. And hopefully that changes with the, the change of her status. But, you know, like she said, share, cause it's been 14 days. You could be anywhere in 14 days. Yeah. So share yeah. with, you have no idea who could, who could run into her, um, at this point. So, you know, help us to do what we can to help her family and, um, you know, pray if that's all you can do, you know. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we look forward to seeing you all back in April. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.